Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Film Reviews. This is part two of our discussion of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And he pulls out this cigarette that he bought from a hippie that was dipped in acid. I don't even know if you can actually trip it up. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, that would be, yeah, I'm not sure either. <laughs> I think you can't. I think it's actually not bioavailable that way. But, you know, this is a movie. So he's he, he has this pill dipped in acid. He's like, I'm just going to in this little cigarette case. He's like, don't smoke it by mistake. He's like, you smoke a little, but leave a little for me. And he's like, no, nope, no, I don't want no acid. I don't trip out on no acid. My booze don't need no or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Rick Dalton is not interested in, like, expanding his view, whereas right. Cliff is. So uh, he, he leaves it there, and he's like, I'm going to leave this here. So then he watches FBI. You can tell whether, like, he was actually being inserted into an, an actual show. Yes, he was. I happen to know that that there was okay, an actual so that episode, and he replaces Burt Reynolds in that. Oh, okay. As the the bad guy, as the heavy. Yeah. And he shoots these two guys in the face, and he kills them. And it's funny because this one guy comes up and is looking in the truck in the scene. And he's like, "That guy's an asshole." And then the, the other guy, he's like on the ground dead. And that's so-and-so, he's great, he's, he's a good guy. And, like, just, like, <laughs> you know, and then they like scene where he's, like, laughing through the broken glass, and, like, Cliff's like, uh, that's a good scene, I like that. So they, you know, uh, they have their little um, kind of, they, they jump to six months later. Uh, he's come back from Italy now. He's had three movies in, in six months or something, like, ridiculous. And uh, he's got some money in his pocket. He's got an Italian wife. And he's sitting in first class drinking while Cliff is in, like, coach in this tiny seat, like, drinking a bottomless Bloody Mary. And, like, he's still, like, freaking out. Like, he doesn't know what the fuck he's going to do. Or Cliff, which he told him in, in a Spain stop back. Um, and Cliff doesn't give a shit. Cliff's just, like, happy for him that he's found something. Hey, they're, like, husband and wife, I think. Like, yeah. but they just, they don't, not, not having, but like their relationship is very much of a marriage more than uh, brothers or friends. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, it's much more realistic than like male, female romances in Tarantino, in my opinion. <laughs> right. When uh, Rick Dalton gets his, a new wife, he doesn't really see the reason for having Cliff around anymore. It's like, kind of like having two wives. I mean. He says, I can't afford you. But ultimately, he's like, dude, you know, freeze the crowd. I got a wife. Yeah. You know, and and um, so he sort of sends him off. He's like, we've reached the end of the trail. So they decide, okay, this is the night, though, that Manson is supposed to murder uh, the, uh, the resident, people in the Tate residence, one of which doesn't show up in this movie. Did you catch who it was? The, like the one member of the original story. It's not in this movie. No, I'm not such a Manson nerd. <laughs> I know. <laughs> there was a guy visiting the groundskeeper, who was like a passerby. Like he was, uh, he was visiting somebody who was like he, they weren't connected to the party in the uh, the house itself. What he was just kind of like passing by the fucking house when these hippies came to kill, and they ended up killing geez. him first. 
Right. And uh, this guy, is, there's no mention of him at all. But this was that. I mean, talk about being in the wrong place at the wrong time. But the members of the the Tate party are all real people. Like, he captured them completely, except for that guy. This this um, Polish guy who wanted to be a director that was kind of tangentially friends with uh, Roman Polanski, who's not there. And uh, he wasn't there in real life. And then uh, you have uh, the Folgers heiress. You know, they're all kind of normal night. And I just like, I mean, I I like the way he kind of plays up the innocence and the beauty of Sharon Tate. Like the promise of her career. Um, Even though it was kind of stupid and chintzy, but at the same time, like, she had this whole life ahead of her. She had, like, little baby shoes that were never going to get worn. They presented her as... it's awful. (laughs) Right. Like, this beautiful thing to be slaughtered. Uh, sacrificed for, and then we're thinking that it's coming. And then when they finally come in on Cliff, and we know Cliff's a badass, we're just like, "Fuck yeah, Cliff's gonna fuck these people up." <laughs> yes. No, it, and, and it he, is a real. It's a total rush because you're like, "Oh God, I don't want to see this." I was like, "I'm not gonna see it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see these people get dealt with." No, and then Cliff is like. He's sitting there. He play now. I don't even know if he's like just tripping out really hard, or if that's part of his strategy to fight these motherfuckers to throw them off. Like I'm when I analyze the scene and I watch it, I'm like, well, this could be just him, you know, freaking with them to be weirder. Than I mean, it, it, I think it. I think you're right. It works that way that it does freak them out. But he's such a mellow cat anyway. I feel like he's just a couple of levels lower. Mellower. Right. Yeah. And he and he's actually been in combat. So he's yeah. can switch on a dime if he notices that there's something wrong. Whereas like it's not really the element of these guys, these hippies. Like they're not like this is probably their I think this was like their first time they murdered somebody, right? Like I, it wasn't like yeah, they weren't like seasoned so. killers. Where he's a seasoned killer, like he killed his wife, he killed people in war, and yeah. he's a fucking nut, and he's also a fucking um, Bruce Lee kick ass kicking motherfucker, and he's yeah. he's like Bam Bam from the Flintstones. I mean, he's just like this strong motherfucker. <laughs> like, he is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is his progenitor. <laughs> well, I, I think you remember they they actually did one season or two of the Flintstones when they're all grown up and Bam Bam's like this really strong, like fucking tall buff dude. And Pebbles is like a teenage girl. So, um, kind of disturbing. I know, but Fred Flintstone didn't age, you know, at all. But so, (laughs) so unrealistic. Yeah, really. That's when I turned it off. I was like, it's bullshit. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah. Like, this no, there was no dinosaurs and man together. Driving a little car. Whose <laughs> ostrich talked to him. It's yeah. not this age. <laughs> He's older. Yeah. And I'm, I get, I'm really, and then, you know, the the, uh, the little appliances breaking the fourth wall. I mean, after a while, you know, you're just like, all right, fuck you. You know, like, but. Yeah. Uh, so he's. So he's there sitting, and he's he's like, you know, Tex is there. 
He's like, he recognizes them from the ranch or went to the Spawn Ranch. What was that scene where he beats up the guy at the ranch because he put he puts a, a knife in his tire? Knife in his tire. Hey, you know, like that was a little tension builder. That just showed you that he is a bloodthirsty dude. Like, he likes to get in fights, this guy. Um, and he has, and, and he might have some, pe- as chill as he is, he might have some pent-up aggression himself because when he finally does go to town on these... Oh, my God. It's so overkill. overkill. Oh, my God. Like The woman I would talk of, to who had seen the movie was like, the sound effects, my God. Yeah, he starts to really get off on this whole yeah. thing. Like, you can tell he's enjoying himself just smashing these dudes and, like, ordering his dog Teenagers. with the, like... like <laughs> Right. And it's so unnecessary, like... Uh, they Subdue were them and call the police. <laughs> right. But he's just going to destroy these dudes and have them... And, and and just have them completely obliterated. And one of them goes into the pool. Now, she's... She's now no longer a threat, though she was shooting off a gun. So he comes in with the uh, Chekhov's uh, blowtorch and torches her. And... Alters history, you know. Yeah. So Every review I've read has mentioned how the audience cheers at that part, and the reviewer is always like morally superior, like oh, <laughs> you know. But I mean, it's a little messed up. But still, if you're in for a penny, you're in for a pound. Like I'm here for a Tarantino movie. He's blowtorching a teenager in a pool. You know, it is. Well, he's what really it is. treating her like one of these crazed zombies. Yeah, zombie movies. Like it, it, yeah. it plays like that. Uh, it plays like like a Night of the Living Dead type thing. Um, and then the way he ha- he depicts these hippies and and Rick Dalton's feeling toward them is he fucking hates them. Yeah, you know he, when he's asked to dress up like one, he really recoils. He's just like, you want me to dress up like a hippie? But he's just not dig in the counterculture, whereas Brad Pitt's like, I'll fuck one of these hippie bitches. Like, they're hot, you know? Um, so, so he's, he's, uh, you know, I, I just look at it, you know, this the contrast of the two characters. It's very much like um, Fight Club in many ways, right? I mean, Ed Norton. Yeah, and I think you could totally write an essay how it's just like Fight Club. <sighs> right. Now, um, what other, uh, is there, is this a genre movie? Is this fit into anything? Um, that... I, I think kind of, yeah. I, uh, it would be like a Western mode. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Shane, but Shane yeah, is a Shane. lot like a... Yeah, it's a good movie. Um, and it's like the whole movie is like this good man who doesn't really talk much but is like you know reliable like he's provoked and provoked and provoked and he doesn't do anything and then when he absolutely has to do something he kills everyone with ease way to spoil that movie I I asked you 40 minutes ago we're going to spoil the movie (laughs) well I'm talking about Shane (laughs) oh Um, I'm sorry (laughs) yes (laughs) 
That that movie that came out in 1949, I did ruin. I'm sorry, everybody. I see. So so it is sort of like that. Uh, <laughs> I, it's a good... I mean, it's a genre that should be resurrected from time. It's like really cathartic. Like, yeah! You know, just seeing this person who's been pushed around, not take it anymore, and like realize that... Uh, they could have done this at any point, but he's a good man. So you're just watching like a good man take care of evil people. So it's, it's you know it's a good feeling. Right, right. So yeah, so that um, so a lot of people. I mean, my um, my wife, she did not like it. She thought it was a big jack off. Um, she saw it twice. <laughs> she did. Uh, because she I didn't wanted complain. you didn't complain at all. I was like, like hey, okay. <laughs> anyway, but it's I, well, just, do, uh, what do you think? Do you think? Do you think maybe? Because, I mean, based on the woman I talked to who had seen it, do you feel like maybe Tarantino and women don't exactly? It's not for them, and they don't like him, and he, perhaps he doesn't like them. Uh, I think he, like I said, he's that guy, he's that, that boy that, you know, mashes the, uh, the action figures together. Yeah. Like the little girl who plays with her dolls is not going to be really happy with that boy. Like, it's, it's like, get the fuck away from and it, I, you know, like. And I think that, I think that boy doesn't really have that much to say to the little girl doll. Like, right. um, I, cause I thought of that after seeing the movie, like female characters in Tarantino movies are these kind of like dream women but sort of is written by a man if if that makes sense like Uma Thurman in Pulp Fiction yeah like she, like she's just cool as hell as well as really hot but like you can't I mean she's not much more than those two elements it's a geeks it's a geeks version of women yeah you know it's like uh, like you, you, you met every woman's like this femme fatale, you know, or he kind of jokes about how they're, um, you know, they rule the man like, like Kurt Russell's wife. Like, like yeah. he comes, like after he's, Brad Pitt has that fight with Bruce Lee and she's yelling at him for denting her car. Uh, <laughs> Do you know who she is? That actress? No. Because I, the actress is his stunt coordinator, so she's like the actual Cliff Booth in a way. Like she's a stuntman <laughs> for real. Zoe Bell. Right. But when, uh, when I just thought it was great when Kurt Russell comes in on the scene at the end and he's like, "How's it going, honey?" Like he's so cheery, and she's just like, <laughs> you know, he's just like, "What the fuck is this guy doing on the set?" You know, just like get him out of here. Kurt Russell, in a way, I think is also playing, possibly... Um, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> what? The father of the dude. No, no. And no, actually, no, because you have to look at... Father of the guy from Vanilla Sky. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, think about it. Like He says that... He said on, on some occasions that there's movie... Like, the Kill Bill is a movie that would be watched in the Pulp Fiction universe. So it doesn't actually connect up with anybody yeah. in Pulp Fiction because it's like 
that's the kind of movie that they would watch Death Proof. So what I was going to say was his son is probably the actor who acted in Death Proof because that's a movie that they would watch. Okay. <laughs> it occurs to me I haven't I haven't seen Death Proof now that I, I I said at some point I've seen all his movies. I forgot I haven't seen Death Proof. So he gets unsuspecting women into his car and kills them by taking them on a crazy fucking ride, scaring the shit out of them, and then smashing into a fucking wall where he's protected. So um, And they die? Oh, yeah. He's a killer. So that, that seems to suggest a certain attitude towards women as well. <laughs> hey, think about what he did. Uma Thurman won't even work with him now. Yeah, and I, I saw that clip. She shouldn't work with him. Why did she let her daughter... <laughs> well, you know, I, I guess it's her daughter's choice. You know, it's not going to say you can't work with him. She gets in and drives away the, uh, the Manson Which car. Which is true to life, by the way, I found out. There was a Manson family member, or this is what I was told, who did exactly what she did. Well, I heard what this Manson family member did was actually go back up to the house while the murder was going on. And tell them that the cops were coming to try to get them to stop. And then she took off. But that's that's my... I know. Fucking... What a happy story. Did you... (laughs) Have you seen the pictures? Because, like, they're on the internet. Of the Manson murders? No. (laughs) I never looked at them. And I just decided, you know, let me just... Wow, I can't believe you did. Were you not at all freaked out about what you were about to see? I just... Didn't know you could see him. I mean, I just kind of was like, "Wow!" Man, and this was really after just... seeing the movie. I take it this wasn't like two months ago. This was like the last few days, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I, I mean, it's not like I'm looking at him more than I looked at him once, <laughs> and I was uh, <laughs> It was, it was pretty disgusting, um, and all because have you seen could... photos like that before? I mean, have you? Looked at other murder scenes? Yeah. I've, I imagine I watched, they're all I've, pretty grim. Well, there's those Jack the Ripper ones. But anyway, so Manson, uh, you know, he couldn't get a record deal from this beach boy that lived at the house, and so he decided to kill everyone Dennis. inside that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really his fault. I wonder if he feels any way guilty. Dennis, Dennis died super young just by, like, toppling into the ocean. Really? Yeah, he drowned. A beach boy. What? Like how long ago? <laughs> I know. It's like... uh, not to chuckle, but, you know, there's certain irony. Um, I don't know, like perhaps, let's say 77. I don't know. But like he, he, he wasn't 40. Or if he was, he was like just 40. Wow. I um... think one of the Beach Boys songs is co-written by Manson. No. I'm not kidding. Yes. Like, he has a credit on it. I mean, this was obviously before, like, everything hit the fan. But I And I could be wrong, but I really think so. Because they really did hang out and, like, jam. And I mean, if Charlie Manson weren't a psychopath, he could have had, like, an interesting L.A. life, I think. But, um, yeah, especially because he, he basically could bring the women, right? I mean, they were all, yeah. like, he definitely... Had a, big, a lot of women like uh, adoring him, 
And apparently he was throwing women to spawn to get to appease he was. him so, that, so they could all stay there. Yeah, um, that's true. So, so anyway, so yeah, so I mean, uh, it's good to have another Tarantino movie out there. Um, yeah. He, he is better than most, I think. Um, well, I, and he, I, you're always going to get something. I can't ever deny like how much you can tell he's like putting his heart and soul into it. I just I don't know how much heart or soul he has, but like he definitely like is like a loving filmmaker. Like you can feel that in every detail of like every movie. Like the art direction is always good. The cinematography is always good. Yeah, the music, everything. Yeah. Well well crafted like his little that scene where she's watching the movie and like her choreography is completely matched up with the what's happening in the movie she's watching that's really cool like the way he cuts that in he's very good at doing stuff like that so he's a craftsman and his movies are going to be celebrated but yeah like there's a little bit there's just a tad of immaturity to it all don't you think like in every single movie yeah. that he's ever done. <laughs> like Arrested Development. Like, yeah. He's he's like an 11-year-old, like a, a right. gifted 11-year-old. Yes, and he's just like determined to give you his 11-year-old perspective in the in this grand way. And and, it, he thinks it, it's, and he and he's and he's a very smart 11-year-old, but he's not as smart as he thinks. Critics will just bring something up that if he could like artfully diffuse it, but he's just like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, I don't accept because they, they were giving him shit about like why he wrote, writes such thin female characters. And he, and he's like, I, I don't accept the question, you know, like I don't accept yeah. the premise of the question. <laughs> or something like that. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And there's one, there's like one interview where he's like, I'm shutting you down. Like in, I don't know if you've seen that one. That's on YouTube. It was the Django one, right? Where he's like, "I'm not your slave." It's like, uh, it's a really <laughs> tacky response. <laughs> like you made some exploitation movie about slavery. It doesn't mean you know anything about slavery, really. Were they giving him shit about the N word or something, or what were they? I don't remember what oh, they geez, were. Oh, why would they do that? <laughs> um, I can't remember. <laughs> but he loves that word. No N word in this movie, not one. No, amazing. Are, are you? Oh, well, I, I guess I defer to you. Also, You've no black three people. times. <laughs> yeah, not not a single one that I can recall. Well, yeah, um, Jackie Brown was a fully fleshed person of color, um, but that was a book, and she's not black in the book. Right. Um, but the book, the movie is actually pretty faithful to the dialogue of the book. Okay, yeah, and and he had Elmore Leonard to uh, play off of there. Um, and if you've ever now, and if you ever read Elmore Leonard, I mean, like, if you can't see Tarantino movies, read an Elmore Leonard book, and they're like, wow, this is a lot like a Tarantino movie. But well, what's interesting is Elmore Leonard has like a whole kind of extended universe, right? I mean, like that guy. Oh my um, God! Yeah. The, the guy who played, um, I mean, um, the guy who plays the cop. Uh, Michael Keaton's character, he like pops up in some other movie, like playing the same character, because it was yeah. also an Ray Nicolette. Um, yeah, like in a in a low key way, like Elmore Leonard probably has a lot more influence. Um, 
and a, and a lot of the same interests as Tarantino. Like Elmore and Leonard wrote a lot of westerns, but he also wrote a lot of like crime things. Um, not to say that Tarantino's ripping him off. I think he just really, really, really likes them, and they're sort of similar guys. He looks like he's going to do a Star Trek, maybe? Next? Yeah, I, I'm so unenthused about that idea. <laughs> but I never, I never gave the tiniest shit about Star Trek, because I was four years old, and I saw Star Wars, and then it was like, oh, there's this thing that was made in the 60s. It's like, yeah, you can keep it. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm into Star Wars. <laughs> It's it's interesting. I uh, when I was a kid and Star Trek would come on, I would be kind of like, I'd try to watch it, but I'd just fall asleep or something. I mean, I like I never could finish the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like I like Spock I mean, I, and his like, weird powers of like uh, that thing he did with the shoulder. I always thought that was really cool as a kid. Like, yeah, like I wanted pinch. Spock. <laughs> the Vulcan pinch. Yeah, and like you convinced it really could, like you, somebody could do it. You know, it was like real. Um, I mean, I felt like like his character, Fonz, you know, these are like these, our childhood uh, powerful guys. Yeah. Uh, Tarantino's and, childhood. Yeah. And so I think, more. Yeah. And when you think about it, they've described um, uh, Star Trek as a Western in space. So from that yeah. perspective, I, I love the way he critiqued. The uh, the new Wrath of Khan. Tarantino like really went after it. He's like, you go all through all this trouble to get Chris Pine and all the rest of the cast to do the exact characters from the show, and yeah. then you get Benjamin Cumberbach to do Khan, like in a totally <laughs> different way. It makes no sense. It's like, why do you have a McCoy lookalike? Why do you have a horror lookalike? Why do you have all these lookalikes that are actually playing? the actor playing the, the role and yeah. then you don't get somebody like Ricardo Montalban, like you don't get uh, Benicio yeah. Del Toro to play Khan. You That's know? a good point. That is a good, I, I always felt like there's Star Trek, like remember the Muppet Babies? <laughs> like that's how Star Trek movies look to me. Like, oh, you got a guy who looks like a young Shatner. You got a guy who looks like a young Spock. You got to play Ricardo Montalban Khan, man. Everybody wants yeah. to see that. I want to see that Benjamin sounds like a studio executives. Like get get Cumberbatch, like we, uh, yeah. I mean that was probably a, a business decision. I mean, it would have been even worth like Cumberbatch hamming it up to be like you know uh, Ricardo Montalban, you know whatever. He went after Simon Pegg, who's like, well, it's not going to be a Pulp Fiction in space, and he's like, no, it it, it will be. It's like it's going to be a Pulp Fiction in space. <laughs> it's like if I do it, that's what's going to be. So at least he's on it. Um, yeah, I would just rather think it's gonna be rated an original thing. Yeah, I mean, he can probably make all those things happen. It just seems like a waste of his gifts. It's like a stunt. <laughs> like, if, if it was a TV show, he should do an episode. But, like, yeah, I mean, a movie is like two years of his life. He should do another Elmer Leonard book. Yeah, and, and he's supposedly only going to do one more movie. He said he's going to, like, stop at 10. Well, Stephen King said that 25 books ago. It doesn't really mean anything. I, I and I and I think it's kind of like the Rick Dalton him, where it's like I'm gonna retire and then just wait for everybody to be like no. <laughs> I see, like clamor for him. Like, all right, well, um, I guess um, we'll come back with another movie soon on this show. So, what's your like out of uh, let's? I guess our scale is like. 
five stars. You know, after talking about it, I like the movie a little more, so I will give it three point five. <laughs> so you were going to give it like a three? I'd give it a very solid three, but but you gave me stuff to think about. Yeah, there's one some thing parallel. we didn't talk about that I didn't like about the movie is, uh, and that's that's kind of petty to end on that, but I thought they could have done more with Leonardo DiCaprio gets married. And then Brad Pitt is this third wheel, and there's really, like, no relationship between Brad Pitt and the new wife. She doesn't resent him. She doesn't want him. Like, they just didn't really seem to do anything with that. Well, he was moving on his way. I mean, that was his last night. I I guess. Um, But in a way, like, he doesn't – he only gives her up. Remember when they come into this house and they're like, is anybody else in the house? And he's just, just somebody sleeping in the back. And he doesn't give up mm. uh, Rick, who's in the fucking pool. That's interesting. interesting. Right. It is. So he, he's ready to sacrifice her. <laughs> so maybe he's trying to get <laughs> well, her out of yeah. the picture. Because, yeah, he killed one woman, you know, for, for being kind of a bitch. <laughs> like, why right. not another? I thought it was interesting about how these followers, these Manson followers, like they reacted to authority and strength and they yeah. completely cowered in the face of it. Even Leonardo DiCaprio with his fucking picture of Margarita was in his robe was very intimidating to them. And they like they had the gun and they didn't use it. They didn't just shoot him right there. You know, like something about the authoritarian yeah. nature of the uh, of the person dazzles these cult types and you see it with trump like yeah there's a ton of or a couple <laughs> essays that are saying what you're saying like this is sort of like like a kind of romanticizing of white male power when things were like less complicated i also think though it's also a a fantasy of like like murdering a cult supporter because like i think <laughs> i think like the current manson is in the white house like our manson yeah. today is the white house so it's like yeah and, and he has a whole cult that's like they're doing murder for him like they're doing some helter skelter shit like in his name yeah so yeah. you're just like on like a higher volume as well yeah much higher you think about if manson yeah. became the president of the united states i mean that's what we have yeah. It, 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 yeah, it's it's not unimaginable um, anymore. So 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 there's a commentary on like wanting to be. There's a violent there's a violent urge that's being like I noticed being stoked in liberals, like because they're very frustrated that this like this has occurred, you know, and like they don't quite know how to process it and they're like some people are yeah, and I think I think this is part of the I think this is that's a feature not a bug of where it's like they want you to be that way they want you to be in a rage a murderous rage because then you're so off your game not only that you're criminal <laughs> yeah. I mean because you go yeah. beyond you want to kill and you start making threats the reason I like Tarantino's because like I think he is an unwitting instrument of like higher meaning that I I think because he's copying themes from
from movies that have that were actually more thought out actually than his on some plot. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. He's he's importing their deeper meaning. Like he just likes cool scenes. But the reason why scenes are cool is because they they engender certain sophisticated emotions that are yes. And and there's a certain morality to them, even if they are fucked up. Yes. So if you're if you're derivative, you're naturally going to carry with you like the better themes and the more deeper themes than you even mean. So yeah, especially if you're like if you if you're derivative and you're very good at being derivative. <laughs> yeah, you're going to import the thing you're d- being derivative of, and it's going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> I I work I. I work at a college, and the, and this very nice kid I work with, this young lady, was like saying how much she loved Beetlejuice, the musical. And I was like, oh, I, uh, you know, I heard good things. I was like, do you like the movie? She's like, yeah, the movie's okay. And it's like, I mean, I, you know, she's so young that I guess she can choose which format she likes. But it's like, why, why would you even see? The musical. <laughs> the movie is just okay. <laughs> like the ticket costs like ninety dollars. It's not even an original idea. <laughs> Beetlejuice sucks, dude. Like I hate Beetlejuice. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> it's not that like, great. <laughs> I don't like Edward Scissorhands. I don't uh, no, I don't like, like Tim Burton. I, I like Pee Wee's Big Adventure. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean actually the Batman he did was pretty cool. It's all um, right. Yeah, it's clowny. <laughs> What what movie are you looking forward to now? Like that's coming out. Anything big? Like the I, fucking you know, uh, Scorsese movie, maybe. I want to see that. Um, I read a review in the paper today of a movie called Ready or Not, which is like a horror movie, and it actually sounded pretty good. It's, it's getting good reviews. It's the one where weird family ritual of a death type game, like you know, a la Hide and the seek. game. <laughs> right. It sounded good. Yeah, it's suspenseful and it should be all right. So yeah, the review good. was good. I I would see that. What What would you like to see? I mean, of course, the Scorsese thing. Although I'm 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 really afraid I'm going to be like terribly disappointed by it. But it's it's not going to just suck shit. I mean, it'll be like an interesting failure if it fails. And I, it might be good. I, you want, I, I want to see De Niro in a good role again in a big way. I love watching that guy when he's in a good role. And if he's not, it's it's kind of a waste. Say, I know. Like, it was a different. Both of these assholes are like getting people come up to them and be like, look, it's Al Pacino. And it's like Robert De Niro. It's like, oh, my God, Al Pacino. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, Robert, Robert De Niro. Oh, all right, I'm, all right. <laughs> Whatever. One of the most famous actors in the world. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure they get yeah, yeah, totally. Just like, oh my God, it's Al Pacino. Oh no, Rob. But um, but anyway, um, so cool, man. Uh, we'll uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks for coming on uh, for this extended interview here, and I'll uh, talk to you on the other side. Okay, man. Uh, good talking to you. Goodbye. Oh, yeah. Talk to you later. Thanks, kid.